that while you're home and getting ready and, and getting dressed and on your way to this building to worship God and to go to Bible classes and all those things, that just doesn't happen. There's a lot of people behind the scenes that are busy up here, that are preparing communion, getting it ready. Uh, as this morning you saw, we had some glitches with uh, the computer, and so James and Kim working hard on that. We have people in our sound booth every morning. Our boys and young men who pick up cards every morning, don't they do a marvelous job? And they look forward. I love to see them back there. Man, I mean, they're ready for them to say go so they can come down the aisle and get those cards. We have a lot of people in this church that help get things ready. What about Sunday mornings when you drive up, especially the last year when all the rain has hit? Um, that's a joke, by the way, but not really, right? Um, this morning, isn't it great to see the sunshine? But we give thanks to all of those in our valet service uh, who help people get in this building. Now, I don't know how many cars they actually park during the rain, but I know that they help people get out uh, and get into this building in a safe way. And so I know that they would not want me to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. I think all of those people deserve a round of applause for the great ministry and the great job that all of them do every morning. And I would even encourage you to do this. If you see one of those men or women who help behind the scenes, tell them thank you for their service to this church and to the Lord for the things that they do just to keep things going week in and week out in this body of believers. Almost all the spiritual disciplines that we're going to look at are what we talked about last week. They are counter-cultural. If you look, again, as we read a section last week from the Sermon on the Mount, if you just go home this week and you read through the Sermon on the Mount, when you begin to see what Jesus is introducing, that new teaching, it is not hard to realize it is an upside-down way of thinking. It is totally opposite of what you think that you might live or you might act. Jesus turns it totally upside down and says this is really how you should live when you think of the spiritual disciplines I want you to think of them that way they are counter-cultural to the way that we normally see things taking place in our society for example we're going to look at fasting in a few weeks we looked at simple living simplicity last week but you think about it what does our culture call us to do to consume and to gather up all that you can. We looked at meditation and, and being silent before God, and yet our culture, while we see that in Scripture, our culture tries to fill our ears and our minds with all these distractions. This morning, out of all the spiritual disciplines, I think that perhaps submission is the most countercultural of all. Did you catch the words this morning in the song, Lord, I give you my heart? This is my desire to honor you. I wonder in our relationship with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, what would it look like every day if we just woke up and that was our prayer? Lord, this is my desire that in 
all that I do, in all the way that I live, I want to honor you. And then the song goes on to say, Lord, have your way in me. Those phrases and that song helps us to capture what the heart of submission is all about. Now, when we throw the word submission around today, it's a really negative word in our society, isn't it? I mean, if you think about it, the motto for our age is to outplay, to outdo somebody, to outwit them, to outlast. You never hear the word submit. And very seldom do you even see it put into play. And yet, again, counterculturally, we're looking at this and we begin to realize, I wonder what would take place in our marriages, in our relationships with our kids, and even in the body of Christ with our relationship with one another. I wonder what it would look like if we actually put into practice this idea of submitting to one another. I'm not saying that we don't, but it's so countercultural that sometimes it's kind of a foreign word to us. Now, I know most of the time when you hear Ephesians chapter 5, I know probably especially the men, they think of verse 22 because verse 22 says, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And we kind of poke fun with that. We kind of, you know, that's kind of the verse that we like to go to to just kind of put out there as a reminder, right? Well, men, I actually want to remind you something this morning as we look at this section of Scripture, here's what takes place. Men, there are nine verses that describe how we are to submit to our wives and children, while Paul only gives two each on how they are to submit to us. So, women, if you think that submission is such a bad word and a bad thing thrown out in our society, that's a reminder to you as well That passage speaks volumes to men. I wonder what Paul is trying to say to us there. Maybe he's trying to say that we need to get our ears up, that we need to listen to these instructions, because when we actually put that into practice, not only is it pleasing God, but in our relationships with one another, things are being played out Things are being lived out in a relationship in the way that God says is good. And so I want you to back up in Ephesians chapter 5, and I actually want to start in verse 15 this morning. And I want you to hear this section of Scripture from verse 15 down to verse 21. Be very careful, Paul says, in how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. In verse 21, here's the verse I want you to underline or highlight, whatever you need to do to draw attention to it. Submit to one another out of reverence 
for Christ. You cannot begin to read verse 22 down to verse 33 at the close of this section without first of all being reminded of what verse 21 says. And so in our relationships with one another, whether it's through the church, whether it's through our families, whatever the case may be, when we get down 21 and we live that out, then verses 22 and following will make sense. But verse 21 says you submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. When both parties involved are submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, it makes it much easier to submit to one another in our relationships. I promise you it does. But submitting to the lordship and to the reverence of Jesus Christ, first and foremost, is the key in all of that. And so, first point I want to make about submission is this. Christian submission is not about being a doormat. That's exactly the way that our world has pictured it all throughout society, is that it's a doormat. And so as Paul's writing this passage, he deals harshly with secular authorities and with Christian brothers and sisters when they overstep their bounds and treat him as less than he is. So the submission that Paul is actually talking about to, he is calling us to a mutual submission. And that mutual submission begins again, just like verse 21 says, where we are submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Richard Foster writes this, Jesus calls us to self-denial without self-hatred. He says self-denial is simply a way of coming to understand that we do not have to have it our own way. Our happiness is not dependent upon getting what we want. Self-denial does not mean the loss of our identity as some suppose that it is. Without our identity, we could not even be subject to each other. Do you hear that? Submission says there's freedom in submission. And again, church, I'm talking about submission in all areas of our life. Okay? There is freedom in submission, and here's the freedom. You have the opportunity to give up in always being right. Now, to some of you, I'm just going to say this. That's going to be difficult, isn't it? Because in every arena of your life, a lot of us love to be right. Don't we? We don't like for somebody to look at us and say, you're wrong. But you know what? In Christian submission, there is a lot of freedom in giving up and realizing I don't have to be right. I don't have to have my way. I can just deny myself all day long. Now I want to show you some scriptures that support this. Did Jesus lose his identity when he set his face forward to Golgotha? In John chapter 21 verse 19. Think about that. Did he lose his identity 
when his face just kept going and looking toward the cross? No. What about Paul? Or Peter's neck? Did Peter lose his identity when he responded to Jesus' cross-bearing command, follow me, Acts chapter 9. We know the opposite is true. Did Paul lose his identity when he committed himself to the one who had said, I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name in Acts chapter 9? All of those things, they found their identity in the act of denying their self. And so, what does that look like in the body of Christ? What it looks like in the body of Christ is this. It is okay, it is right, it is biblical for me to give up in, in thinking that I always will get my way at the church. Okay? It goes all against that sometimes you won't even get your way in everyday life. So why do you think that you're always going to get your way within the body of Christ? It doesn't work that way. What if every child of God had the attitude that said, I'm giving up my rights, I'm giving up my wishes and my wants and all my desires, and I am going to bow and humbly respect what God is asking me to do in my life. You see how difficult this is? It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to actually put it into practice. And so Foster goes on to say this. Instead of always looking out for ourselves, we are to be looking out for everyone else. Did you hear that? So in your marriage, instead of looking out for you, look out for your spouse. Look out for the relationship that you really want to have with your kids. Instead of looking to yourself in the church, look to somebody else. And here's an example of that. Look down your pew real quick. Look down at your row. And I know some of you may be sitting with family. That's okay. All right? That's good. Look down the row real quick. You know what that says with the row of people that you sit with? I may not always get my way, and that's okay. You may get something that I want, or you may get something that I really don't want, but it's okay. Because I'm submitting to the fact that I don't always have to be right. Okay? He goes on to say, every, every discipline has its corresponding freedom. What freedom corresponds to submission? It is the ability to lay down the terrible burden of always needing to get my own way. Did you hear that? What's happening with submission is you are laying down that terrible burden of always needing to get my own way. The obsession to demand the things go my way that I want them to go is one of the greatest bondages in human society today. And he goes on to say people spend weeks and months and even years in a perpetual stew because some little thing did not go as they wished and they fuss and they fume and they get mad about it and they act as if their very life hangs on the issue. Now, Richard Foster ends right there and this is a paraphrase from me. When something doesn't go your way, here's what you do. You get over it. Okay? 
When something doesn't go, and I mean that from the heart, I mean that in an act of love. When something doesn't go your way, pick your battle and begin to realize, you know what, this is just another example of I don't have to have it my way. And that's okay. There's a lot of freedom in that. Because you know what, when you have this attitude that goes around and says, I'm going to be right and I'm going to make my case and whatever it might be, there's a lot of bondage. There's a lot of things that just tear us down when we carry that weight. And what God says all through his scripture is, give it up. Give it up. That's exactly what Jesus did. If he could have had it any other way but to go to the cross, do you think he would have done that? Yes. But he didn't. What did he say? Not my will, but yours be done greatest act of submission you will ever find or hear about not my will but yours be done and so in the discipline of submission foster goes on to say this we are released to drop the matter you ever been in a conversation with somebody wasn't going real good and finally one of them said you know what we probably just need to drop this I really don't like to hear that word sometimes because I like to keep going at it. But then I begin to realize, you know what? The more we go at it, probably going to say or do something that we shouldn't say or do. Again, we need to drop the matter because that's the best thing involved with both parties. And so the discipline there is you have the release to drop the matter and to forget it because you realize most of the things in life that we talk about most of the things in life that we fuss and fight about really are of no significant at all you realize a lot of times what's taking place in those conversations is just my opinion versus your opinion or your opinion versus somebody else's opinion down the pew or whatever the case may be and here's the fact both of you may be right but both of you may be dead wrong and so, again, the act of submission says, I can give that up because it really doesn't matter, okay? Now, look at John chapter 13. Here's an example from the life of Jesus where Christian submission is flowing out of strength, not weakness. So in John 13, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and he would return to God. And so he gets up from the table, and he took off his robe, and he wrapped a towel around his waist, and he poured water into a basin. And then he began to do one of the lowliest things that you could do in that time in society. He knelt down, and he began to wash the disciples' feet. Now think about that for a moment. I guarantee you that didn't smell good. No telling what, I'm really going to gross you out now, what was in between the toes, okay? Ugh. But do you see that act? And do you see how Jesus has to humble himself to show his disciples if this is what it takes to serve one another? His point to his disciples is when you do this, this is strength. It's not a weakness, and so he goes on and he dries them with the towel that he had around him. 
What an act. Again, that flows from strength, not weakness. And then I love Philippians chapter 2, beginning in verse 6. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to grasp or something to cling to or hold on to. Instead, he gave up. Now look at this. He gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human. And when he appeared in human form, uh, go back to verse 7. When he appeared in human form, God made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. Sorry, that word threw me off form. Human likeness. He gave all of that up. Gave all of that up. Didn't have, he could have clung to it. He could have held on to it all day long. But he gave it up. And here's what happens. In our relationship with God, God is calling us to respond to that strength. Not by taking up any authority, but by submitting to each other when we do that. Now I want to show you a passage in John chapter 19. This is one of the most amazing pictures that we see of submitting from a place of strength in that Jesus is standing before Pilate and he asks Jesus a question. And Jesus doesn't say anything. He just stays silent. And he says, you refuse to speak to me? And he said, don't you realize, Pilate says, I have power either to free you or crucify you. Jesus finally answered and said, you would have no power over me if it were not given to you from above. Folks, listen to me. When you're being led by the Spirit, the power that comes through you and over you and in you and around you is from above. It's from the Lord. And when that power comes all around us, I mean, it gets all up into our business, okay? When that happens, amazing things will take place in your life. So you know what? You have the power to give it up, and you have the power to live a life of submission because that power has come to you from Almighty God. And when that power comes to rest on you, again, if it was in your own strength, boy, you're going to fight it, aren't you? You're going to try to get your own way, but when you're filled with the Spirit, you don't have to worry about that attitude, do you? You don't have to worry about that heart. That other heart, that's what culture says do. Counterculture says you do it this way. And you listen to the voice of the Spirit. And so Christian submission is all about serving one another in love and in strength. It's about sacrifice. It's about an outworking of the Spirit coming to fill our lives day in and day out. And so as we 
kind of wrap this up, I want to give you some practical things on how to practice submission as a discipline. Here's what you do. You begin to build a life of submission by working on it as a discipline. And you see it that way in your life. And so this week, in your relationship with God, I want you to ask God these questions. Who do you want me to submit to today? Now, your spouse is probably saying, me, right? Ask God, who do you want me to submit to today? Next question, who do you want me to voluntarily give in to today? Number three, who do you want me to come under today? And I don't mean that in a negative way. Who do you want me to come under today? And who do you want me to put ahead of myself today? Ask God those questions. And when you submit your life to his will, you might be surprised at how those questions come out in your life. And I don't want you to do that just this week. Let that be a discipline of the way that you live your life as a child of God. And so here are some different acts of submission that we can think about. We submit our lives to God first and foremost. We submit our lives and our well-being and everything that we have to God's Word in everything. We submit to our families. Ah, oh, here's one. We submit to our neighbors, our co-workers, our friends. You mean to tell me you're asking me to submit to that nosy neighbor of mine? Find a way. Find the strength to do something for somebody this week that may drive you crazy. Find a way in your heart to submit to them and just see the difference that it might make in that relationship. Whether it be a neighbor, whether it be a co-worker, whether it be somebody in the community, I don't know. And then submit to the Christian community. Again, be careful how you live, Paul says, not as unwise, but as wise, and make the most of every opportunity. And I'm challenging us today, you make the most of every opportunity in all areas of your life. From families to church family, to community, everything. Discipline yourself to submit out of one another for the reverence of Christ. It will make all the difference in, your, in the world that you live in when you do that. And when you practice that discipline, you will find yourselves connecting with God in great ways and you'll find yourself connecting with each other in ways that are good as well and so father today we give you this study we give you this time in our relationship with you where we are asking you to do things in our life that we could never do on our own and father as we studied today about a topic that 
It's very negative in the society that we live in. I pray that as your people, that we can turn it into something beautiful. Father, help us in our relationship with you to submit to your will. In our relationship with our families, in our relationship in the body of Christ, help us to lay down the burden of needing to be right, of needing to have my way. Help us to give it up, Father, and lean more on you. This is our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Let's come to the Lord as we stand and as we sing this song this morning.